Hello and welcome to episode number 266, Armin Show Podcast. We have all the variety every day, every time. That's what personality does. It extrapolates itself, extends outward into whatever it does, which is me. On this episode, we have a recurring guest return from, was he on a year ago? I believe, yes, so. This is Brian D. He is of Seattle, physical therapist. I've known him a long time. You can check the past episode. Welcome to the show. Hey, Armin. How you doing, man? It's great to be back, actually. This is a wonderful thing. We are both more professional than ever. And I'm going to get straight to it because that's all I know how to do. Okay. You, Brian, have been making... No, I'm not getting straight to it. I want to do a little bit more of what people do. Brian, how are you doing at this time in 2020? I'm doing good, actually, man. I was just actually, before you actually called me, I was actually inspired to do another video of my own, actually talking about multiverse theory and the whole concept of the butterfly effect, actually. And I was just outside of my apartment, just doing a quick 10-minute video, just because I, I was inspired. Like, I have to get this message out before I forget it, you know? Inspiration. That's all we can go off of. When we're inspired, we go. If we don't have it, forget it. If we follow it, our life keeps getting more and more full. Mm-hmm. Now, for those, anybody who might, what is the butterfly effect? Uh, the simple concept of the butterfly effect is basically if a butterfly flaps its wings. Yes. And somehow that's going to create an effect where it might cause rain in, let's say, Chile or Buenos Aires or something. It just, it's a, this is not necessarily scientific fact, but it's more of a theory, right? Or a concept where if a certain event happens, would your life change because of that specific event? Does that make sense? Yes. Like actually I was giving a story about how, do you remember back when we were in high school mm-hmm. and you invited me to go to the mall to meet up with Alan, uh, Christina. Yes. And there was, I was basically, I brought up that, brought up that scenario actually, or that event where if you didn't invite me, I would have never probably met Christina. And that's an example of a butterfly effect, in my opinion. This is fabuloso. For those who don't know, because Christina and Alan haven't been on the show, this is unbelievable. There are actually people who haven't been on the show, but that was true. It was nice. I remember that specific time many, many years ago. We all went to the mall. Christina... We all know her as QT. That was from her online nickname, AOL Instant Messenger. I used it. Who didn't? Nightcrawler15 here. And so that, I remember it clearly. It impacted your time. You all connected further. These little moments, I look at these key moments heavily. When I think of the butterfly effect, I think of like, if I breathe a little bit heavier right now, did I affect cancer rates in morocco 14 years down the line slightly you know or some little i got no clue but i feel like everything links so the air then the thing that connects some car crash gets over there in the congo some guy in the congo just ate a papaya because of me 14 years ago like moving to the left that's that's the idea at least yeah then i look online there's no papayas in congo i was completely wrong but i tried my best (laughs) that effect is cool we are all linked up there's the people who are always like, yeah, man, we are connected. There's that individual. And then there's more of a, it has to be because molecular, I move molecules. It moves there and the heat and the global warming is our wonderful butterfly effect of connection. Well, let's take, for example, you, you know, what's going on with the whole George Floyd protesting the Black Lives Matter movement, right? Yes. 
Mm-hmm. But for example, if if George Floyd never actually got killed on live camera, we all yes. all we all saw that video where the police officer was kneeing down on the guy's neck. Mm-hmm. If let's say he never got arrested, would right. we have this movement that we're experiencing now? Or to the point where it's like it's actually it's huge. It's actually affecting the whole world as far as like police um, brutality and trying to make a a better judicial is a judicial system or just police system for mm-hmm. I guess peace, right, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't have happened. This is my good old sense of things. Would it have happened the same way? Not the exact same timing. Would it likely have happened? I'm going to go with yes. There possibly another example. The moment was waiting for such, and it had been leading up to such. So I'm still going to go with the resounding yes, but not okay. the same. Slightly different. Sure, right? I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Moments lend themselves to something. It's almost like a funnel. I think of life as a funnel. Eventually a certain item is going to be funneled into that moment, regardless mm-hmm. of if it's here, there, it's going to funnel right in. That's a great point. Would it have happened? But would it have been exactly the same or as dramatic or as poignant? I don't know. The timing is key. The timing is really, uh, we don't know. We can't go backwards ever. But likely. Things were building. Things are always building in life. Mm-hmm. The recession prior to all this was also building. People talking about it the last two years. Uh, pandemic-related stuff. Epidemiologists been talking about it for like a last four years. Bill Gates talked about it. Epidemiologists have been talking about it. Like people are, everything that happens, there's a few people that are like, it's, uh, guys, guys, look at this. Or like the police brutality. I can think of past guests, Felipe and Christy. They'd be on point about this five years ago, four years ago, three years ago, two years ago. And I have spoken about, about many other people impacted. So things build up to crescendos. Sometimes 10% of people need to be on point or 15 or 20. Once something reaches like 20% of people, it suddenly overtakes every, all percent of people. But it has to hit a certain threshold before it passes along. Mm-hmm. Snap. Now, related to that, in Seattle, currently stuff is happening where there is overtaking of part of the Pine Streets area and 10th and some blocks, people taking it away from the police. And it is in the news. You're in Seattle. Plus pandemic was early in Seattle. How's Seattle feeling right now, June 2020? It's, it's an interesting thing. Um, I went to my first protest last week, actually. It was one of the ones in Capitol Hill. Mm-hmm. That was a... And then, I don't want to say inspiring event. It was a very intriguing event to see just how, if you actually have a specific cause, in this case, the Black Lives Matter protest or movement mm-hmm. and the police brutality movement, I always think like if we could all just work together for a specific mm-hmm. greater cause, it brings out the best in people. Yes. You know what I mean? And it really does. And I see that where, you, you know, people who never would have hung out before, people who have never helped each other before mm-hmm. are actually helping each other out. Now, as far as the pandemic goes, I almost feel like people just said, you know what, we're tired of it. Like just today, I was at the park right across from where I live and no one, I'll say a majority of people are not wearing masks anymore. Mm-hmm. People are congregating. People are just hanging out at the parks, walking their dogs together. People are playing volleyball. People are playing football. People that kind of just said, you know what, pandemic or not, we miss living our old lifestyle. Mm-hmm. 
right they're just trying to make it nobody even played volleyball before this pandemic happened and now suddenly they're playing volleyball to make a point joke but that's true there is a threshold it's like we're following the same dynamic as 1918 or some earlier pandemic where people start there's a shock fact humans haven't changed so much then there's a shock okay we're gonna respond ah, we're tired of responding at some point it's like yeah we're not gonna view it as badly as it was before it's just too tiring and then mm -hmm. it returns and then by that time there's some treatments on the way people some already have been infected so they can't get reinfected um and then it, there's a cycle we might copy the exact same cycle as 1918 amazingly talking about the spanish flu right yes yeah or, that lasted two years by the way mm -hmm. you remember that or well, i guess back in history i do Wow. Back when I was a kid in 1914, I remember that, oh, no, I knew that there was going to be a Spanish flu. <laughs> and there it was. And we followed the same. Our brain receptors and pathways and our physiology has changed barely anything in hundreds, a.k.a. thousands of years. So it's something wrote about in 200 A.D. Pretty much still applies. We have different dynamics, but... It pretty much still applies. We haven't changed our like vasopressin receptor in, in any time or whatever, dopamine pathways. So I, I always look at that because until those change, we're going to have the same like it takes three weeks this, it takes five years to make a movement, it takes four weeks to how much can we change? Mm -hmm. Now, Brian, you so you're in that area. The, there's a lot of movements happening. At the same time, these are happening because there's a pause in our society. How much do you feel the pause? Because this is a moment. Two years from now, this is going to look like some sort of paused time period where not as much was happening. Do you feel the pause? Is it hefty? How does it impact you as a person internally? Well, I remember when this, when this, when this pandemic first happened, actually, I was, I was honestly going insane to the point where I felt really depressed. Uh, you know me, I like to go outside, I like to socialize, I like to play, I, not to say I like to play, but I need to play basketball. The fact that this put, a, this put a pause on basically, there's no basketball, there's no hockey, there's no football season, or football season starting later, but there's no baseball season, right? Like we all need, at least for us in, in the United States, we all need these specific things that keeps us human. Over the last couple of years, I've really learned to value interacting with other people. Right? There's only so much of just me being home by myself and just continuing to, let's say, learn a new topic or a skill, but I still need to have an interaction with other people. You have a dog back there in the picture. Dogs provide connection. People like them a lot. Right now, a lot of people are probably heavily enjoying that they have a dog if they have them because in this time, it's like, wait a minute, this is the wonderful variety that uh, they might have taken for granted six months ago. Is it easier to connect with people in this current moment or are they more distant? Actually, I want to say it's a lot harder and this is not my dog, by the way, I am just doing some dog sitting on the side, but going back to my, let me, let me share a story that happened actually two weeks ago. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was in my apartment. I was walking up the stairs as someone else was coming down the stairs, the usual fashion. I say, hi, good morning. Do you know what she says to me? Hello, she good says, morning. No, actually it was a very rude comment. She's like, don't talk to me. Oh, okay. I was like, holy, that actually took me by surprise. Because normally when you say hi, you have a friendly gesture in mind. People respond back with a friendly gesture of their own, right? 
And I feel like right now, especially with this whole pandemic issue, people are a lot more fearful of other people. People are no longer shaking hands, for example. People are, if they're going to communicate, we're communicating like, you know, six feet away, right? 10 feet away. We're not interacting in such a intimate fashion anymore. And so I feel like it really has affected the way we interact with people. Not so much for me because I still treat it as I'm okay with it. But the problem is, is how do I see the other person interacting? Like, how do they feel with me talking to them? Do they feel like, oh my God, why is he talking to me? He needs to get away from me. Why is he wearing masks, for example? All of these questions start popping up in my head. And I feel hesitant to all of a sudden want to talk to this specific person because of the fear. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. There is that bit of fear. I have to bring up a counterpoint. I very much enjoy those scenarios. Let's say I went up to somebody and I was like, hey, and they're like, don't talk to me. I'd be like, oh, great. You saved me from interacting with somebody unenjoyable. Enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs> Boom, roasted. And then off they would go to be like, oh, I didn't expect that to happen. I was outdone. But for the most part, for the average individual, it will be not well received. And that's not what you want to hear. You want to, hey, hi there, neighbor. Hello there. We want this kind of connection that is congenial or warm natured. Mm -hmm. So maybe now is not the easiest time, especially some of the individuals, if you're wearing a mask and they're wearing a mask, you're missing like half of facial expressions. So it's like, hey, let's go. Yeah. There's not much room for that. The masks are definitely limiting uh, as far as exercise and people connection. <laughs> now onto something that is a bigger picture category. I like to look at creativity. Mm -hmm. You have been putting out content in regards to what you have been doing, such as the butterfly effect and other content. What or has this illuminated anything about you? And part of the theme I wanted to bring up is finding your own voice or where you bring value to others. We as people try to figure this out most of our existence or how can this be improved or where do I fit in for other people? What are some things you have figured out about yourself along the path of making videos about your days? Have you looked question. into that? Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of a well thought out answer. It doesn't, and no, it shouldn't be well thought out. Frankly, <laughs> I want to point that out. It should not be well thought out. Well thought out usually means it has like a good sound, but it doesn't have the actual details. We as people are not well thought out. We just progress through days. You're talking about authenticity. Okay. So, yes. the, so going back to the reason why I started doing this is because I, I wanted to have a voice. Um, I want to be able to just share uh, my life and my experiences. In fact, I still want to do that, right? I want to share my opinion because, and over the, over the course of when I first started doing this last year, I believe in September to what, what is it? June. Mm -hmm. I, the hardest thing for me starting out doing this type of, you want to call it a project is trying to find a specific voice that comes natural to me. And one of the hardest things was trying to find that voice because the first few videos I tried to emulate the, the popular YouTubers, for example, were like, Hey guys, what's up? Why you know, before you hit that, you make sure you hit that like subscribe button. And that's not me. I like to just, I like to talk from the heart and I, my main focus now is realizing that I like to tell stories. Right. And that's one thing that people do like to listen to is people like to hear other people's stories because of what happens is it, be, it makes it relatable. Mm -hmm. And that allows us some sort of connection that allows you to connect with another human being is through stories. 
and I'm still I'm still trying to fine tune it and to become a better storyteller over time. Stories. When you have a story, somebody else can be like, "Oh, I could have been there, and I've seen what that's like, and I've been to that place." Or that's a tough thing. Mm-hmm. And you're expressing, expressing. There's a way to connect there versus impressing. You're like trying to show something, but you're only separating yourself from the other person. Stories are a nice way to do that. Like you just said, we went to the mall one time and that started off you know, your connection with somebody. I can remember that time, the details, the people we knew at that time. It takes you back to a certain moment. It's easy to link to. Kobe Bryant talked a lot about storytelling before yeah. he departed and it was very important to him these last few years. Our storytelling, we, we're writing the chapters of our book moment by moment in a way. What are they saying is the question we all wonder. What are they saying? Would you say that your chapters are, what's, are they difficult? Are they confusing? Are they whimsical? Are they exciting? Are they, what, what are your chapters like currently? What are some adjectives you would describe your current chapters as? I don't understand the question. Chapters yes. is what sorry. Like of your current moment of making videos. So for example, if I was going to describe my current chapter, okay, I would describe it as more consistent than usual. So consistent, I would describe it as less uh, innovative than usual mm-hmm. compared to my regular. And as a third one, I would say, oh, way less social currently. So it would be, you know, asocial, if that's a word, compared to normal. What are some ways you would describe your current moment slash chapter as compared with your past self? I would say heartwarming. Heartwarming. I'm trying to create a positive influence for people to realize, like, for example, one of my biggest things is, like, I was a shy guy. You knew me growing up since, like, middle school, and I've been a shy, introverted guy. And I kind of want to detail and show people, like, hey, if you not – follow these specific things. But if you, if you're able, if I want to give insight through my storytelling, if that makes any sense, like I want to give an example of the time I was doing this and how I overcame those obstacles, for example, I want to kind of inspire people like, Hey, if he can do it, then why can't I do it as well? I'm just, in my opinion, I'm just an average normal person. So, you know, here's where I, I have to include jump in there like a Regular YouTuber. Guys, like, click like and subscribe and we'll send you his new upcoming book, Five Ways to No Longer Be Shy from a Regular Person. Okay? Uh, click like and subscribe. Like, click, click, click the bell, the bell, the bell. Click notified, subscribe, like, click, click buy our merch. merch. Actually, do you mind if I add one thing? Yes. No. I, I, I would mind if you didn't add the one thing. Okay. So the one of the biggest drawbacks of anything is because, um, and I've talked to you about this before, the whole concept of viewership subscribership and the amount of work that you put in mm-hmm. i'm not gonna lie and be like that doesn't affect me because i feel like you know the amount of work that i put in in these videos with the editing for example and the content retakes and all of a sudden you only look at your your viewership it's like there's only 10 it does affect me a little bit where it's like am i meant to do this am i meant to do this and i start questioning myself and ask myself the one most important question is first of all why am i doing this Am I doing this just for the results or am I doing this because of the whole journey, the whole process or do it, the enjoyment of it, for example? And that's one important question to really ask anybody why they're doing a specific thing that they're doing. Yes. I look at the why heavily. That's why when I go through existence, there's no doubts because I've answered the why's clearly. 
for example, in the category you're describing, if I have, this is shout outs to whatever viewership, if I have negative 18 viewers, okay, I it could, it's irrelevant. I've had 18, negative 18 viewers when I was in 10th grade or 12th grade, or there's, there's a billion examples. If you're on Pluto right now, nobody hears you anyway. If you might be a bacteria or something, that's irrelevant. What I'm saying is, uh, here's one way I think about it. Let's say good old Jay-Z or Bill Gates, right? If, would, would you want them to care if they made a vlog early in their life about the followership if they knew they were on the way to where they were going and they would like to have a record of their time along the way? They wouldn't care. They say, this is great. I got the show along the way. I can look back at it versus it's just a blur. It's nice that I got here, but it's just, that's my view. If you have that mindset, you could have zero viewers the whole time and then boom, you're whatever you wanted to be. And you're like, here's, I'm able to look at my own past. I'm able to connect with the, that's my view of it. I don't want to pass through time without having that network connections of uh, what I've made. And then yes, each person, if they find their why, then you don't have doubt. If you don't have your why covered, now you're like dancing. You're trying to, they're like, oh man, I don't have my why, but I'm just going to do it. I don't know if it worked. And you're always like hedging back and forth. Mm -hmm. Hedging makes people throw up. <laughs> so take that world. That's a good point. Our voice. Yes. Have you found, so you found that your voice is not like the YouTuber that's like, hey guys, I have short attention span. Welcome to the show. And that's what we do. Jump cuts, jump cuts, jump cuts. Now we're on the next one. Look at this product launch. Okay, we're going to talk about, hey guys, that's lit, dog. You know, something. So you're not that. Is there any other types of speech that you are not or that you are more like or speakers? Have you, is there any people where you look at them and you're like, that's not that different from what I am or what I'd like to be? Uh it's hard to say, for example, like one of my speaking stuff that I'm really trying to get at is people who talk in TED Talks, for example. Yes. They, they inspire people through their ability to, to communicate with their audience members. And the reason, like, I'm trying to figure out and fine-tune how I can talk in that manner as well. And that's, that's actually what I was doing today, just trying to figure out um, persuasive communication styles. And that's what I'm trying to to ultimately learn and get better at doing. And so it's hard to specifically say which person is a good speaker to me, but I'm just trying to be authentic, not trying to, again, like shout outs to this, subscribe to here, promotion here. Like that's not really my style. Although I do want to say, I do have a specific idea for another segment that I'm trying to do, because it's all about just trying to figure out what works well and what doesn't work well. So I'm still trying to play with all of that. Mm -hmm. Trying is very important. We're called tasting different things. It is key. If you don't do it, there's whole categories you'll leave out. Then one day you'll look back. Like, I could have done this thing. You didn't know because you didn't check it out. Mm -hmm. And then that's a good point on TED Talks. They sure have a certain way where they start off with like, did you know with 4,000 books in every city library, how many people do you think read them? I'll get back to that in a moment. Now, one day I was walking, they like build it into a thing. And then by the end of it, that it's very compelling there's a real package to it if they talk like that in normal life it might be a little bit much just with their friend but it's really a, a package deal when i look at your material it doesn't see it's you could 
That's the question. You could lean more in that direction, for example, right? And then are you less authentic to your normal communication self? Or is that just something you'd be doing for that form of communication? It's like a different type of writing, right? That's not bad. You, if you went in that form, you would just be putting aside a little bit of your... Because sometimes when you're speaking, I notice there's a little bit of wondering or like, well, is this right? Or apparently this is... But when they're in a tech talk, they're not doing apparently or this. They're like, I was this. And when I saw that, I looked at this. And these details tell you there's no like um, switching between uh, what could be right or like second, guessing, you mean. second guessing uncertainty type deal. So that's one element that would, that would shift in that direction if desired. I note that because when people are looking at a TED Talk speaker, if that guy brings any sort of uncertainty or second guessing, the audience is like, look, you didn't compel us. You didn't compel us at all. You, you're second guessing. How are we supposed to? So they're trying to attach the things that are more. That's one thing that comes to mind. Solid form. <laughs> Do you like any specific TED Talks? A lot of them are super popular. Super duper popular. I haven't watched any recently. The last one I watched was um, it was about a monk and mm -hmm. talking about just the aspects of life and what makes ultimately a happy and successful life, or in the term success, right? Success is defined very loosely in a sense where we define success as money. At least in the state of the United States of America, but as far as like what brings a happy life, that's the last TED talk I watched was regarding a, a monk, and I it was about a month ago or two months ago that I last saw that. So, oh. well, that would be my idea number one if I wanted to get more esteemed in TED talk category. I'd be checking one every day just <laughs> to get into the sense of the ecosystem. It seems like every category, no matter what it is, whether it's TED talks participating in Black Lives Matter movements, uh, figuring out the right coffee beans to import from which countries, whatever category it is. I could name a hundred categories. Once, it's not even like you just figure it out. Or you, it's about you're part of the ecosystem. You talk to John and John's part of that and then Ashley and then you're like, oh, okay. Because each thing has its own little ecosystem of people. TED Talks probably has a guy who, or a girl who connects with hundreds of past TED talkers and keeps like a network of who knows or a Facebook group or something. Every little group has an ecosystem. If I gave a TED talk about Brian, this is a real specific one. My <laughs> TED talk would be about, well, the evolution of Brian over time and you finding your own, what connects and what makes you come to life, that thing. Because some people are not looking for that. That's what, that separates you from, I know some people, they're not looking, they're, they're, they're more, uh, they found certain things they like, more simpler things, let's say, and that's it. And they don't really seek for more. So would I rather, it's just a different form. That's not, a, to me, that's not as exciting because they've kind of settled into a certain thing and they said, that's it. And then the, the person who's still trying stuff to me is quite interesting. Well, it gives them a sense of meaning, actually. Because I know, for example, I feel like my mom is like that, right? My mom is living a life that's automatic, where she goes to work, mm -hmm. comes home, takes care of the kids, watches TV, goes to sleep, goes to work, comes home, takes care of the kids. Every day, it's the same thing. And I, at some point, I think we all live that life. I expect to live that life uh, two, three years ago. And that's why I was just miserable 
And I, I didn't know how to get out of that step. I felt like I was stuck in life. And so going back to your original question about why I'm kind of doing this, because it allows me to be, allows to be, allows some creative outlet for myself. And it, it somewhat gave me some purpose and meaning in my life. If that makes any sense. I would say just made me think of if let's say I was hosting a seminar and you came in and you described it that way, I'd be one of those people who'd be like, I'm here to wake you up. Okay, wake up, get out of it. And it would be like, you'd be like, oh my gosh, I am freed or free. I'm, I'm towards being freed in a way. You don't want to be in some sort of entrapment. That's not what being human should feel like, right? You want, you want it to be on your terms. You're trying things. You figure it out. You next step. You're, it's not, you're not in reaction to everything all the time. That's not motivating. If you're morning, like the first thing you do is check your phone and that affects your whole day. Mm-hmm. That's not cool. Mm-mm. But a lot of people are doing that. I've checked my phone. Long live phones. <laughs> I have gigabit internet. I'm checking everything at all times. Okay. What can I say? Now, Brian. I was, I've never not done that. I haven't done this. I haven't not done this recently. What's a question you have for myself? Could be about me or it could be about you. Actually, I do want to ask you a question. So this is something I've never actually, you've never actually answered. So I'm putting you on the spot. I'm never on the spot. Watch me so quickly answer this. It's ridiculous. Everybody, listeners, I just want to point out, you can't put me on this. I was born on the spot. So how could you put me on the same place I was born? All right. And now I'm, I, you would think I'm stalling so I could think about the answer to Brian's question, but he hasn't asked me the question yet. So this would be a terrible form of stalling. So what is your wife? I give up, man. I tried uh, my best. Uh, I'm kidding. Go ahead. So, yeah. So why are you doing this? What do you ultimately want to get out of doing these interviews and these podcasts? What is your goal? So one, I get to talk to esteemed individuals. I get to indirectly call individuals esteemed and compliment them as well. Number one, I just called you esteemed. Number two, it's, it brings variety to my existence, which is key. I like to this and over there and this person from this country and this person of this set of knowledge and experiences. That's very important for me because in a way it's like traveling without the traveling, though traveling could also be, supplement this in a way. So that's key to me. If it if I'm too if I was like enclosed into my local community and that was it, that's not what I was born for. That's not what I was born for. And then another one is what I described earlier, uh, seeing as I I see a a nice place in the future, and I would think my future self would very much like to have a record and uh, discussions and a network of connections along the way. The same way right now, I'm glad I have pictures and videos from like the last decade, all kinds of stuff. Cause I don't have that from the nineties and I did a lot of stuff when I was little in the nineties. I barely have a little few pictures here and there. It's not like I did that few things for a decade, but now that I have more of a record, that's very key for me. How important is that to you to have a record? And does my answer make you think of anything else? I actually do want to ask a secondary question to that. Oh, I love those. Auxiliary all day. Voting for Brian. If he runs for whatever it is, doctor, physical therapy, voting for that. Just just local something, vote for that. Person who I'm interrupting during his question, I vote for that. 
So if you weren't doing this, let's say, what are your other passions that you would be going for if this the Armin show was not oh, easy thing you were doing? One, rapper, okay? I've been rapping for how long? At times. That's a good one. I enjoy that. Musical stuff, I tend to like certain things with beats and instrumentals. Then there is the whole fields of science and brain and technology, things in that category. Who knows? Analytics. I'm just saying that because Nelson, my friend, who has been on the, sh- the previous iteration of the podcast, is going into an analytics program in the near future. But things, something with data science or uh, one of those buzzwords, you know, AI something, but not the coding part. That very early on, I was not interested in coding when I was like 15. I liked it, but then I realized it's not creative-ish. I mean, you end up, it's just, it's more like a language than it is like creation. You're rewriting what you need for the company or whatever to do in code form. So it's not like you're putting your stamp on it. I don't like things where my stamp is not able to be put on it. That's basically how I, most of the things that I enjoy, it's something where like, Oh, okay, Armin did that versus anybody could have filled out that payroll statement, for example. I can't identify with that. It doesn't set me apart in some form. These are key things. A few key metrics have been brought up there. How important is it for you, Brian, to put your stamp on things versus are you okay with, let's say you did something. Let's say, oh, this is a good one. You make a YouTube channel and you make something that works. Okay, so people like... I don't know, summaries of reviews of Call of Duty matches where you talk about it after the fact, right? And for some reason, they like the way your voice comes out and you do good at that. Are you now inclined to do Call of Duty match reviews that get thousands and thousands of views moving forward, even though it's not really about you? Let's say it's uh, your voice or something not personal. How much do you care that what you do is connected to you personally versus it works? Uh, the main thing actually is, does it align with the values that I want to create? Right? So for example, if I enjoyed casting call of duty, as let's say there's a, there's a match going on, I'm the, the guy announcing and casting and saying, Oh, this guy is hiding behind the box sniping. And if I enjoyed it and people like watching me, then I would love doing that. This goes back to what my friend was saying earlier, where I was kind of just debating, like, you know, how can I get more views to my channel? Like, what is it do I need to do? And she did bring up a point. It's like, well, do you want to try and fake that personality where you're hyper, you're exaggerated, but is that going to make you happy in the long run? And I told her, like, you know what? No, it's not going to be because that's not who I am. You would be creating a job at that point. That's terrible. You don't want the thing that you created to then be a job Not only did you not go into somebody else's job recruitment thing, you actually spent time to build a job for yourself that you don't even like. That's terrible. Yes, that is the common. When we talk about the default YouTube or online presence, part of it is there are a majority of people that connect with that. And part of it is that that type that we say, oh, you know, YouTubers do that. That thing works for some reason saying, hey, you should subscribe. Interestingly enough, you have to think about it in terms of the random 12-year-old that's watching the video, let's say, and they see it. That little statement 
makes a difference in them actually pressing subscribe and getting the numbers up. It's never affected me. I've almost, I, I don't subscribe. Like it doesn't affect me. If you say click subscribe, I didn't hear you like, or click the bell. I didn't do it, but there definitely is a whole crowd and more so people who are not maybe as tech oriented or seeing what's affecting them oriented. That stuff quote works. And so we're like, Oh, why do all YouTubers do that? They don't just the ones that they do that they get the numbers and the numbers and then they're the ones that we see it's a funny metric but uh it can also be just included in the beginning and then switch to your thing as well if it's draining you don't want to be drained though that's one thing i know in life do whatever it is as long as you're not drained the minute you're drained people will leave and you will leave everybody leaves from a drain scenario so I avoid those as well. And you want it to be cool and actually in the moment. Like right now, my forehead's sweating because it's warm, right? Boom. <laughs> Fixing my hair. Okay. Now, let's say I wasn't authentic in that moment. All right. Better not actually adjust my hair during the episode or something, right? We make a thousand decisions like this all through the day. The more of them we make for our own stuff, the happier we are, the happier everybody else is. Nobody likes you to have low energy. When I see Brian, I want Brian booming. Okay, Brian D channel. I click on click, click, I click whatever thing is because also that's the thing I like to do. This is how important is that to you? I like to put energy into the people I actually know. Like there might be some big YouTuber, but I haven't met them. They don't know me. There's no connection there. If I met them, they'd think I was a fan without me even saying anything. That's not great. I don't like the dynamic, you know? It doesn't make sense. I know Brian, Brian makes stuff. <laughs> I like to, how much do you connect with like Tony Robbins level individuals versus like Joe? Was that a question? Yes. I do questions where it doesn't always sound like oh. a question. <laughs> uh, it's hard to say that I can relate to Tony Robbins because he is super high energy and it's hard to, it's not, it's not hard to see why he is like the number one motivational speaker of all time. It's because of that energy. People feed off of that energy. And I feel like when Tony Robbins does say, you know, what are you waiting for? Why don't you just get out there and do it? He does it in such a way where you feel like shit, like I, language, sorry. Like I can do this because this guy who's yelling at me at 200, you know, level, uh, decimal suppose, level, uh -huh. sorry it makes you feel like, you know what, you can do it because no one's really had that moment in their life where someone's yelling at them to say that they can do something. It's always well, the other way where like, you can't do it, you're a failure, you're never gonna succeed in life, but he does it in such a way where it's the opposite effect. Well, yes, it does make sense. I'm about to be a combination of both of those. Hey, Brian, you're a failure, you're never gonna make it, you're never gonna succeed in life. Why don't you wake up and do it? Go for it, you can do it. I am both sides of whatever you just described. I could actually, he's a wonderful individual, completely outdo whoever. I keep it low key because it's, it's not as relatable. But frankly, I will turn into that right now based on what you just said. I'm going to just, it's a great mirroring concept. Brian, why don't you do more and go more towards what you want to be sooner than later? You tell me. We're all wondering over here, here at the show, all of us, the team. So what is it? What's keeping you? Go ahead. What's keeping you? The only thing that's keeping me right now is time. Really? I, I, time? Time's time. keeping you? Yes. And experience, actually. So let me bring this up. I actually thought about it the other day. 
let's say I were to be make it big right away. I hit this one viral video where all of a sudden I have from I went from thirty subscribers to like ten thousand in a matter of two weeks. All of a sudden, I am so pressured to create constantly good quality every single time. And what ends up happening if I don't sustain that that following, that subscribership, or that viewership? How is that going to affect? We'll just say it, my ego, right? I think a lot of the reasons that we, you know, things take time is because we need to build experience over time. And at some point, once we do hit that stardom, that fame, we'll be better prepared to prepared for that. Okay, a few things came to mind while you're saying that. One, yes, the buildup is very key. If you hand three million dollars to Jay Z today, he's cool. He knows what to do with it. It's not a big deal. He manages it. If you give $3 million to the guy who hadn't built things up over their life, it's going to look comical what they do with the $3 million. Mm -hmm. It'll be like, okay, like, darn, we tried our best out here. But they didn't have the – there's things along the way that you figure out, oh, this, and there's a jealous person that shows up like this. I have to get a lawyer for this. My taxes like this, but this. <laughs> if you just get it, well, now you've skipped too much. You're screwed. Same thing with what you just described. Even though that doesn't really happen on YouTube now, let's say on TikTok or I know somebody actually on YouTube from before they went up to a lot of subscribers. They just hit it big on some, um, we'll call it more straightforward kind of videos that are more uh, easily digested. And then at some point they stopped and then that's their thing. And it kind of slightly dwindles down over time. They don't really make videos anymore. And it kind of is what you just described. It's not good after that. It's weird because, the viewers have disappeared. The subscribers are still there. It's like something you can't really, you can't really bring it back. It's moments died out. You don't want that. That thing is like, it's like dead, but it looks alive. Kind of. That's even worse than th this is nice. This is untouchable as long as you're calm with it. So you don't really want that. I've never seen a time in life when any sort of jump in uh, relationships or business or your content is good unless you really were pushing for it and ready for it and you like you made that jump occur but if it happens somewhat variety wise it's not usually good for you in the long term mm -hmm. gets you thrown off a little bit so then we go back to what's holding you back time really brian time is holding you back i said recently in an episode that i don't know if i said an episode or in a post when you're doing the right things for yourself and you've done well for your specific self, time is your friend and it, things keep building. Now, if you haven't done your baseline things for yourself and you're not fully satisfied with your own self, well, time is your enemy and a year down, you're gonna exp it's gonna expire. So the fact that you're saying time is holding you back might be you're not taking care of your baseline stuff. So I meant to say experience, so I'm not time equated to experience. I meant to say I didn't have enough experience yet. So that's why I still want to build up to it and get better. I'll tell you this, for most of the times when I've heard about somebody thinking they didn't have experience or like some 12 year old boy was like, if I, or no, like 20, 25 year old boy looking back on when they were 12, like, gosh, if I had known that these people liked me, I would have tried or something, or it's not so much the, 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 the believing in yourself is most often way more relevant than the level of, like, for example, if I look at your material, your video quality and all the details in the clips, if 
fabulous. So I don't know what experience you're talking about here. I, I can't even see it. Okay. And the only thing I could think of is like not as much connections with other content creators, but are you reaching out on that front? Does that even matter to you? Well, I guess you could say, I don't even know what that means. I guess I'm supposed to message him and say, Hey, watch my videos. No, 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 no. Uh, let's say I were, yeah. What would I do? I would say, hello, whoever. And we all have different people that we would contact in the first place. Like some of my guests, for example, right? That's specifically people that I felt like contacting. If I told somebody else to run my show for a while, they wouldn't contact the same people. They'd have a different crew that they mesh with, right? So then I would say to think of specifically some topic you're talking about or people around you you already know or uh, search a category on YouTube or where else that has a small following of like somebody else with 42 subscribers. You know, mm -hmm. that's neat. And then they're like, well, I have 42. And so you something with them, you call, you do a collab or some sort of all these YouTube things could be a, we're going to give away a, a poster. I have no clue, but these kinds of things brighten many people's spirits sometimes. And What's holding you back from reaching out to other people? Do you not like other people? Is that the thing we're finding out from Brian? He is anti-other creators, pro-self-creation. You know, I just never really thought about it, actually, because I do watch some other people to try and relate to their videos. Like, okay, what, why is it working for them? Or what's working for them that I could use in my, in my video? I guess going back to what you were saying is like, I don't know what to do. Like, do I say, hey, I like your stuff. Um, Want to check out my video? Like, you know, I don't know the, no. the marketing aspect of it. So don't think marketing. Think you're that person. What would annoy that person? If they said, if you said, I could, also, by the way, annoying people is okay. It's better than nothing. Way better than nothing. It's not the best, but it's better than nothing. So frankly, if I was going to suggest to anybody, if they were doing nothing, I would say start annoying people. Actually, it's a good first step. But also, hey, I make clips. Would you want to collaborate? Like, um, we do a video like this together. You'll be talking with them about their stuff or you record clips somewhere and you send it to them for their video that they include, or there's so many ways to somehow your content goes in their video or their content goes in yours, or you give a shout out to them. They give a shout out to you. These are ideas, but I don't know who those people are. For my own examples, let's say, when I reach out, I usually do a discussion with someone, which is not exactly what your current channel is like. So I don't know if that's the specific way, but discussion and uh, share some stuff about their content, let's say their book, things like that. So that it's like, there's a, you're building an ecosystem mm. and you can see yourself on their stuff. That's one of the cool features getting on their stuff too. Do any categories come to mind that would be specific for that for you? I'll be honest. I don't really watch a lot of YouTube channel stuff. No, no, no. But not even watching them. Like what's the stuff that you have posted about that um, you most liked to post about? Was it a forest uh, hike? Was it a 
a lot of it's random, dude. Like I'll be watching a random Tony Hawk video. I'll be like, hey, this is really cool that what you're doing there. I'll be watching, let's say, a video on how to do color grading, for example. I'll just make a hit, you know, hit the like button. Like, hey, this is really great work that oh, sharing stuff boom. like that. The but idea. I've never act- Sorry, go ahead. I got the idea. This is a good one. You do so many variety things, right? So let's say color grading. Yes. Yeah. I, if I did that many variety things, which is wonderful, I would search color grading on YouTube. Put it by like the past month or past two weeks of uploads. See what comes up. And if there's anything interesting that relates to what I was talking about, message the creator with their online message thing or comment on their video. Obviously, it's a lot of effort. It's not a lot of effort, but it's effort. But it's nice to get into the ecosystem and back to my Tony Robbins thing. Why don't you do it? Why don't you just do it and come back after you've done it? We're going to walk on coals in the back over here, the burning. And thank you for coming to my workshop. Well, I guess for me, yes, yeah, it would be a little fearful, right? Because what if they, what if I ask them to collaborate and they just ignore me? I'm like, okay, I mean, obviously I just move on, but it's like, I guess that is that initial fear factor of why would they pick me? Oh, I got an easy answer to that one. It's almost, I don't want to say entertaining, but the fear is, you hope, you should hope they don't pick you. Let people not believe in you. If you believe in yourself a lot, you find it entertaining when other people don't believe in you. Like, oh, you don't get it? Okay, watch out. Check back in 10 years. That depends on your self-belief. If you have high belief of yourself, they'd be clueless not to work with you. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Where's that self-belief, Ryan? Where is it? I'm looking for it. It's right here. It's right there. Okay. Somewhere here. It's right there. I see it. It's in the screen. This is actually a good message to, for the listeners. When you believe in yourself heavily, other people will look, look clueless to not work with you. If you don't believe in yourself, then you should have these doubts of like, well, uh, what if they don't? Uh, they shouldn't. You don't even believe in yourself. What is, you, you, they would then be putting more belief in you than you put in yourself. That's weird. Now the dynamics all messed up. Yeah. People don't want to mess up dynamics. You know, they want unspoiled, healthy dynamics. People try to maintain those and they're actually being nice to you even when they're not nice to you. So if you got shut down, let's say you messaged, I don't know, five people and then you commented on five posts. And after all that, one person responded. There you go. There's a collaboration happening. Yeah. I guess, you know what? I've never done it before. So I'll have to do some research on how to do that or more effectively I guess, what oh, is no, it? no, uh-uh, boo to all this research. You go on some video about color gradients and you leave a comment. Hey, this is the, but this, I did a video about this, but this, and you, you should watch some of their stuff. Or this is how they actually recommend it. You could be more smooth. You could go and comment on a video and then check another one and comment on that. Have a little bit of back and forth. This actually involves effort, but, and then, Oh, by the way, yes, I also, I make this thing. It was similar to your, you know, get into an actual communication. This is obviously more effort, but there's some real value to actually, now you'd have Mike. Mike is your new podcast. I mean, not podcast, YouTube colleague from scratch. 
He was just sitting there with 52 subscribers, right? This is a nice feature, only if interested. But there is something nice to that because there's a complete difference between being in the ecosystem versus just doing it on your own accord. This seems like it can work, but this is a real stretch on the internet. It's not even close. Almost anybody you know of, they have some they have some groups, they have some ecosystems, they have some baseline. It's powerful. See, I guess going back to your answer, you know what? I I am not very good at working and collaborating with other people. You stop saying okay, okay. Do you notice? I think this is a bigger problem than all the other stuff. You start that sentence with I am not good with, and then they're on what if I'm you gotta cut out all this, whatever all this is, the thing of like, I don't even know what it is. They're like, people are there. They would like to work with people. They would like to work with you. That's it. If you don't do it, you're actually letting them down. It's like you didn't show up to the meeting that you should have shown up to, which is fine if you want to break people's hearts. Heartbreaker. I thought you were heartwarming earlier. <laughs> and it turns out that could be a falsity. We will only know from upcoming movements. I can only, I can only be motivational. That's all I know. Also aspirational in a way. This is my natural form. I like to inspire inside of people, but not really inspire. It's like, here's, here's reality. Don't have it just slip away. Thank you. You know, thank you. I want to thank everybody that came out here, the press secretary, the film crew, the people on the sidelines. You know, you never forget about the people on the sidelines. It's, a, it's like a TED talk. Brian, do you think, which one of these do you think most suits me personally? Uh, giving a TED talk, being like a uh, Tony Robbins life coach slash cult leader, uh, being a uh, just general like informational discusser, uh, one of those YouTubers that like spends a month on one video that's informative about a topic or comedian uh, there's many different categories. Which one of those jumps to you as most fitting? I would say the Tony Robbins guy, man. You have the energy. What can you I say? You have the cult following, but you definitely have the energy. What can I say? You know what I'm saying? I got to bring it like that. That's true. That's a valid point. I do have that oomph. I just don't want to use it in that way because it's funnier not to. Like imagine you have a really fast car, but you drive really slowly everywhere. That's hilarious, right? So <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that with the slow car. It doesn't make sense because it's like, oh, that's what it would do. But the opposite is, can be very entertaining. So that's a good point. If you had all kinds of Tony Robbins ability, Brian, would you pass it up or would you enter, entertainingly uh, would you entertainingly pass it up or would you then go and be a public speaker like that? It's funny you bring that up because I remember this was last year. That was my goal. Actually, my goal was to be a life coach, motivational speaker. You did speaking, by the way, you did a bunch of speeches, Toastmasters. I saw it, Brian, always trying everything. But then I realized that's not exactly what I want to do. Actually. It's not, it's just, I, I want to share my experiences of how, I became a better person and through those experiences. I want to like, yeah, I want to motivate you. I can tell you, you can do that. But deep down, that wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So no, I would not be a uh, Tony Robbins. I, I thought I did, but no, I don't, I don't want to do that. Makes sense. One nice thing is that we, as people, if we're trying, 
We, we make our way towards things that suit us better. If we're trying, we go towards that. And then, so two years from now, we're closer to that than we were today than five years ago. If you looked at yourself five years ago, you might think, man, that Brian was like not going towards his own well-being in some form. He left these parts out, these details. He just ignored them. I wouldn't do that. You're two years later from now, Brian's looking back at this Brian like, what was, what a geek, what a nerd. And he had no chance compared to me, something. Something you figured out, you know? If you're trying, if you're not trying, the time doesn't really work on your side, right? You just get further from it. You have less energy, less lung capacity, uh, oxygen intake. There's like nine different things I've seen that physiologically you diminish. Well, there's probably hundreds, but at least nine things that like graphically over time, when you're like 70 or 80, they really diminish. Mm -hmm. You can't take in as much oxygen, stuff like that. Those times is not when you're going to propel yourself to great moments as easily, you know? So the fact that you're trying now is very nice. Not everybody's trying. A lot of people stopped. And then they might, they might be the ones who would actually put down the people who are trying. It's funny. They stopped. They see someone who's trying. They're like, come on, what are you thinking? But actually, they're t everybody in life is talking to, to themselves through you. They'll be like, Brian, what are you thinking? What they're actually saying is, what were you thinking? Not doing your thing. This guy's doing it. Maybe if I hold him back, right? That'll, that'll work. Maybe I can just stop his energy. That'll help me. How does that help anybody? Now two people aren't doing anything. That's a terrible way to go. Why am I bringing so much insight? I don't know anything else, Brian. I don't know anything else. What can I say? Now, I always like to do this in this wonderful moment. We've talked about many topics, but there's only so much that listeners can handle in 2020. Kidding. They can handle more. Joe Rogan goes three hours, but I'm not, I'm not doing Joe Rogan style, at least today. What is one message you would like to leave people with? I always like to do this. What's a different one? 2020 June message you have for all people or something you'd like to say to humans? The only thing I can think of right now is what do you want? And if you're not getting what you want, why aren't you getting it? That's it. What do you want in life? Mm -hmm. Looking within. That's good introspection right there. Brian. I would like to thank you for having returned to this show. This is a year later, episode 266, brought it back. Brian D, physical therapist, Seattle represent. He brings it all. I bring the energy to people in one. Will Brian be back in the future? Why not? Okay, America, the great countries, all the world, the great earth. Glad to have you on the show. Thanks a lot, Armin. Good luck in the future, yeah? And I'll see you when I see you, man. Sounds good. And we are out.